and good day to you all. Welcome back to Beneath the Surface. This is episode 49, and I gotta say, um, last week's show was very difficult uh, for me. Gun violence is an issue I take very personally. Uh, me being from a, quote, marginalized community, and also being a New Yorker at heart, the gun violence in the city uh, this year has just been out of control. So spending an entire program on one topic isn't something we do here a lot uh, at the Rambler, but considering the circumstances, I felt it necessary and important to give you my opinion and report on some of what went down, especially in Texas. I actually uh, conducted a poll this week on the what was the most infamous mass shooting, and Columbine received the most votes, as that tragedy still resonates with people 22 years later. Shortly, we're going to um, take a look at the NRA's history, legacy, and their current standing within the crooks of society. Also, we're going to announce our Douchebag of the Month winner for May. And we have a quite an eclectic group of nominees. Uh, the first topic is the, is the one that scored highly or scored the highest on our weekly poll. And that's the celebration of Queen Elizabeth's second, uh, Queen Elizabeth II, sorry, 70th year on the throne. I have a piece from Variety.com telling us how the whole celebration uh, went down. And its uh, title here is Queen Elizabeth and Royals kick off Jubilee celebrations with lavish pageantry, but no Harry and Meghan. Here it goes. The Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations kicked off on Thursday morning with the parade and fly pass around Buckingham Palace and the bittersweet acknowledgement that Britain is unlikely to experience anything quite like this ever again. The milestone marks 70 years on the throne for Queen Elizabeth II, who took the crown at just 25 years old in February of 1952. The UK has a special four-day bank holiday beginning Thursday to celebrate the 96-year-old, who is the longest-serving monarch in British history. Um, you know, I was on social media for the last few weeks, uh, going back on social media. A lot of you folks from uh, the UK out there, you know, a lot of a lot of negativity coming from you guys about this. Now, I don't, you know, we don't know. Uh, we obviously don't do the whole king and queen thing here in the United States. Um, but, you know, I mean, for Queen Elizabeth, I mean, I, I don't really feel, I don't really have any negative feelings towards her. I mean, um, you know, the whole monarchy thing, uh, you know, it's not a, I'm not a big fan of monarchies, even if it's just for show. But, um, so, so yeah, I mean, a lot, it seems like the people here in the United States um, enjoy it more than you all do in, uh, in, in, in the UK. Um, I'm going to get to Harry and Meghan uh, not being there, or if they were there, they weren't really um, very visible. Anyway, so, although the Queen missed the trooping missed the trooping the color ceremony, she appeared on the Buckingham Palace balcony two hours into the festivities to inspect the troops, and was later joined by, quote, working members of the royal family, meaning no Prince Andrew or Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Of course, uh, Prince Andrew, I mean, he wouldn't want him, that party crasher, uh, at an event like that, that would uh, really, um, you know, take some of the honus off of, uh, you know, the celebratory uh, aspect of it. Because Prince Andrew, as we know, is a total creep. He is a sexual predator. So it's best that he didn't uh, he didn't show up. And then Harry and Meghan, of course, um, you know, they're no longer, uh, you know, part of the whole royal family duties. Whatever those duties are. And, um, you know, I think I, I actually dig uh, Harry and Ma Meghan for, like, doing their own thing. So uh, here, for a Royal Air Force fly pass that gave Tom Cruise a run for his money. The monarch, who appeared to be on good form 
despite a spell of poor health in recent months, stood beside her son and heir to the throne, Prince Charles. Her youngest grandson, an animated four-year-old Prince Louis, and other senior members of the family that had been specially invited. The morning began with a lavish parade featuring senior royals, more than 1,400 soldiers, 200 horses, 400 musicians, and one extremely well-behaved Irish wolfhound, who made their way with great pomp from uh, Buckingham Palace, down the mall and into the nearby horse guards parade for a trooping, for a trooping the color display of military pageantry from the 1st Battalion, Irish Guard, and hundreds of other officers and soldiers from the household division. So it's, you know, it's just your, your typical parade, you know, um, you know, horses, marching bands, uh, uh, that, that awful um, music uh, coming from the, um, what do you call that when they, they play taps on it? Um, what do they call that, that instrument? I don't know. It's real loud and, and irritating. But yeah, I mean, I, I didn't watch it. You know, it's not something that, you know, I, I watch. I don't watch the Memorial Day parades. You know, I'm not really a, a big parade guy. I think it's a, a big waste of time. But hey, you know, she's been in charge uh, or in charge. She's been uh, reigning you know, since, since 52. So, I mean, you know, longevity, that, that's a, an amazing accomplishment in itself. Uh, anyway, Prince Charles, Prince William, and Princess Anne uh, were impressively on horseback the entire way, while Camilla Parker Bowles and Kate Middleton were in a carriage, along with Princess George and Louis, and Princess Charlotte, who waved enthusiastically to royal watchers along the mall. Also following in a carriage was the Queen's youngest son, Prince Edward, and his family. Uh, those noticeably missing from that day included, of course, Prince Andrew, who no longer undertakes any public duties and had his military ties removed by the Queen following the sex assault case brought against him by Virginia Guffrey. We had a discussion about that uh, maybe a couple months back. Uh, we were talking about... Uh, Epstein and everything, and some of the uh, sexual harassment, um, you know, Harvey Weinstein and everything. We brought up, we brought up uh, Prince Andrew about how he skirted, you know, uh, out of that with, with basically, uh, you know, I mean, obviously he's got to deal with the embarrassment, you know, and the stigma of being a cretin, you know, and all that. But I mean, criminally, you know, he faced no, no, uh, you know, and there was never even a thought that, you know, you could put a royal, you know, anybody with royal blood, you know, uh, on, you know, uh, in trouble for something like that, you know, regardless, you know, I mean, um, and it's, 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 it's a fucking shame because, um, you know, he's no different than anybody else. He's human, you know, in his own way, he's human, <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes he doesn't quite look human. The man doesn't blink. He doesn't sweat. Um, and that 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 creepy uh, interview he did uh, for I think I think it was sixty minutes, um, man, what a freak, huh? Uh, so I mean, it's best that they kept him away. I mean, I don't know if uh, how Queen Elizabeth feels about him personally, but uh, she knew uh, or her minders knew well enough to keep him away. Also, out of view were Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, whose attendance at the Queen's Platinum Jubilee had been a hot topic in the United Kingdom ever since they stepped down as senior royals in twenty twenty gave a bombshell interview to Oprah Winfrey about their experience with the firm last year. The couple and her two young children, Archie and Lilibet, did ultimately come to Britain for the celebrations, though they have so far kept a low profile, watching Thursday's festivities from the Major General's office. It's likely they'll be seen at other family events over the weekend, such as the Platinum Party in the Park on Saturday night. As this uh, goes on a bit, uh, hundreds of thousands of Britons are expected to descend on London over the long weekend to take part in Jubilee celebrations, which include a Thanksgiving service on Friday. Now, Thanksgiving service, uh, maybe, 
maybe when I get on the old Twitter box, uh, some of you, uh, one of you uh, UK folks or friends of mine could, you guys, you guys celebrate Thanksgiving over there in May, June? I mean, maybe you guys can fill me in on that. Uh, that's kind of strange. I mean, I know I didn't even know you guys had a Thanksgiving over there, uh, you know, over there across the pond, as they say. Anyway, Thursday's kickoff was relatively drama-free, although it wouldn't be a royal event without an animal going rogue. As Camilla and Kate's carriage set off from Buckingham Palace, at the very start of the parade, a nearby rider struggled to control his horse, who zigzagged along the path. It was eventually led to the side. Who gives a shit about that? Is that really even necessary? That's a waste. I mean, you know, is that a waste of, of, of just, you know, uh, a, play, a waste of space here on this article? Who the hell cares if the horse veered off a bit? That's so stupid. I'm going to end this article here. That's, 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 that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous thing to put up there. It doesn't make, it, it makes, it has no uh, bearing on the story at all. What a stupid uh, paragraph that was. Anyway, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of you folks from the UK um, did have some negative things to say about, you know, the pomp and circumstances and for good reasons. You know, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, here at the Rambler, we don't really dig on monarchies. Uh, you know, it's all for show, you know, but still, you know, me being a, uh, I guess you could say a stringent Marxist. I am no fan of monarchies. All right, now we're going to get to the NRA segment. And, uh, you know, normally I'd say, uh, you know, boy, we better uh, tread lightly here because, you know, these hardcore NRA folks, you know, they're goons. You know, you're proud boys and, and such, but, but, but fuck all that. You know, you know screw, screw them. You know, after the uh, recent events, you know, someone needs to go after these pricks. Anyhow, um... I'm going to go through this editorial uh, from The Guardian first, which I think uh, I think you'll enjoy uh, what this comedian was able to do. Uh, and then I'm going to read you the NRA's written response to Joe Biden's speech for stronger gun control. And you're going to want to hear this. But anyway, let's do The Guardian first. Uh, let's see, The Guardian. Comedian infiltrates NRA event to mock Wayne LaPierre's thoughts and prayers. And you're going to love this. An undercover comedian crashed the National Rifle Association's annual convention in Houston, Texas, and sarcastically thanked the organization's president, president for his repeated thoughts and prayers following deadly mass shootings across the United States over the years, including one just three days previously where 21 people were killed at a school across the state. Jason Selvig of The Good Liars, which pranks public figures, stood up to speak when NRA members were allowed to dress to address the group's chief executive since 1991, Wayne LaPierre, who uh, he's he's been a, a nominee of the Douchebag of the Month a few times here on the show, uh, according to a social media video posted by the comedy group. Uh, quote, they all say that Wayne Pierre isn't doing enough to stop these mass shootings, and even implying that Wayne LaPierre has played a part in making it easier for these shooters to get guns and to get weapons, Selwig said, referring to the NRA's leader's opposition to gun reform. Selwig recited a list of mass murders in the country over the last three decades, including 13 at Colorado's Columbine High in 1999, 32 at Virginia Tech in 2007, 26 at Connecticut Sandy Hook Elementary in 2012, and 49 at Orlando's Pulse Nightclub. He also mentioned the 59 dead at Las Vegas Music Festival in 2017. I mean, listen to these numbers, people. And you got the Marjorie Stoneman, uh, 17 there, uh, 2018, 23 in El Paso in 2019. This is, this is, this is horrifying. It, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. The United States is an embarrassment when it comes to gun control. 
gun violence. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons uh, to that to be uh, you know like shame ashamed to be an American, and this is probably your number one reason. I mean, all the bombings that we've done, you know, over the past two decades, you know, uh, bombing third world countries. Um, the thing with abortion is is starting to get uh, out of control as well. But and, and you know, three out of the last four presidents being complete dunces. But this is really bad. I mean, you know, I mean, do a quick math here. But I mean, you add these numbers up, and this is just the ones that they that they they they, they uh, put on the news. You know, there's there was another gun. Uh, you know, not, not, not a, a mass shooting, but, you know, four or five people were shot. I, I don't remember exactly where that took place, but it's it's like an everyday thing, man. And, and nobody's doing anything to stop it. And, I'm, and you know, the, the stupid mental health argument, I'm fucking sick of it, man. For someone who's a sufferer of mental health and for somebody who's never handled a firearm, I must say I am insulted by that. It's insulting. To keep hearing that we have to, like Abbott, you know, you know, Governor Abbott telling me or telling the world, the country that, you know, this is a mental health crisis issue. And you know what, man? Fuck you, Greg Abbott, for that. You know, screw you. Anyway, moving on here. Uh, Selwig continued. You kept hearing after each that Wayne LaPierre isn't doing enough. And frankly, that's not true. Selwig continued. The NRA under Wayne Leon Pierre's uh, leadership has provided thoughts and prayers to victims and their families. And maybe these mass shootings would stop happening if we all thought a little bit more and prayed a little bit more. That's some great uh, satire. Some, I like it. I, li- I like this guy. Uh, quote, we give enough of these thoughts and these prayers. These mass shootings will stop. Jason Selwig, you're a funny guy. And, and you know what, man? Uh, I know he's being sarcastic, obviously, and, and I think it's I think it's fantastic that he had the gumption to get up there in front of all those gun nuts and uh, and and you know basically tear them down, especially Wayne Lapierre, who is like uh, you know he's a spawn of Satan. He is a, he is a spawn of Satan. I know I joked around about uh, some of those uh, you know evangelists evangelists there a couple of weeks back, but Wayne Lapierre is he is uh, he might very well be the Antichrist. Okay, Selwig wrapped up his remarks with, I want to thank you, Wayne LaPierre, for all your thoughts and prayers. That's very good, uh, Selwig. I think that's funny. Um, It's not a funny situation, but you know what, man? I'm glad he went up there and did that. While LaPierre didn't interrupt Selwig's comments, he seemed to catch on that he was being trolled. He scowled and frowned as Selwig repeatedly uttered the phrase, thoughts and prayers, words that critics say are used by opponents of meaningful gun control to deflect responsibility for action after mass shootings. Uh, finishing off here, Selwig, Selvig, along with Good Liars collaborator Davrin Stifler, had previously targeted one of the NRA convention's highest-profile speaker, former President Donald Trump, after Trump lost the 2020 election to Joe Biden. Selwig and Stifler bought the online domain named DonaldJTrump2024.com, and despite making it sound like a bid for re-election, filled it with text reading, Trump lost, Trump is a loser, and Trump lost the election. So... Here, here to uh, to Jason Selwig. A great job on his part to uh, troll these bastards, and they totally deserve it. Uh, nobody deserves it more than the fucking NRA. Uh, you know, it's two organizations, uh, religions, cults, whatever. You know, you always have to be aware of. You know, you can receive some serious threats are from the NRA and also Scientology, and we've attacked both of them here on the Rambler at uh, separate times. And, you know, I'm sure you'd agree. 
I'm sure you'd agree, you know, for good reason, uh, why we attack these, these awful organizations. So uh, quickly, I do want to give an, uh, a bit of an update, you know, changing the pace a bit. Oh, no, wait a minute. We forgot something here. I'm sorry. Um, I wanted to read to you. Forgot about that. The NRA's response or their statement in response to Joe Biden's address. Uh, I guess the address, the uh, anti-gun, uh, the gun control address. This is written by, uh, I guess, an NRA spokesman. And I'm going to read it to you word for word of what the NRA came back with after uh, hearing, I guess, uh, President Biden's uh, remarks. Here goes it. The National Rifle Association of America released the following statement on Thursday, June 2nd. Okay. The NRA is made up of millions of law-abiding men and women. We are parents, grandparents, brothers and sisters whose heart break every time a crime is committed or tragedy occurs. We grieve with all of America, regardless of party or political affiliation, because these are human tragedies and not political opportunities. The National Rifle Association of America supports substantive, substantive policies and real solutions that will make a difference. Policies that will not only address these tragic and evil acts that dominate the headlines, but also the catastrophic loss of life that happens too often as a direct consequence of the current crime epidemic that plagues our nation. The NRA has long supported securing our schools so that our teachers and children will be safe. We support strict enforcement of all our nation's laws that target violent criminals. We support prosecution and punishment of criminals who break these laws. Indeed, the NRA supports the arrest, prosecution, and punishment of any violent criminal or other dangerous prohibited person who tries to purchase or possess a firearm. We support fully funding law enforcement agencies. And we wholeheartedly support the right of any law-abiding American to defend themselves and their loved ones. Even though it's rarely reported, more than a million law-abiding Americans use firearms in self-defense every year, most without ever firing a shot. What we don't support are senseless policies like no-cash bail that create a revolving door justice system that not only endangers good citizens, and we will fight any proposal that will disarm law-abiding Americans. And America does have a critical mental health crisis. Many are sick. Too few people are able to recognize their illness and even less get help. The sad reality is there are too few resources for those who need it. Over the last 60 years, hold on, they're going to give us, they're going to give us some stats here. Over the last 60 years, the number of beds available at psychiatric hospitals in America has dropped by Oh my God, 96%. In 1955, there were an estimated 340 beds per 100,000 people with mental health illnesses. In 2016, that number fell to 11 beds per 100,000 people. We must find a way to reach these people before they hurt themselves or others. And we must fund places for these people to find refuge and treatment. Finishing off. But instead of acting on functional measures and real solutions, that when implemented will reduce crime and will help those with dangerous behavioral health issues. All that the president repeatedly per proposes will only infringe on the right of those law-abiding who have never and will never commit a crime. This isn't a real solution. It isn't true leadership. And it isn't what America needs. And that's a shame. You know what? We you know what's really a shame is these stupid numbers they put up here about how in 55 there were, you know, however many beds 
for uh, people with mental health illnesses. You know, morons. In 1955, do you think was PTSD a thing? You know, was was borderline personality disorder a thing? Did they discover that yet? Did did they have 680,000 um you know social workers working in 1955? You know, I think we've come a long way in diagnosing mental health since 1955. You fucking morons. Okay, so this 96% droppage. I can't believe they, they they actually threw some stats out there to try to sound smart. You know, you know it's insulting. You know, we're we're just you know they're just so they're so right. You know those NRA people they're just they're they're so they know they know so much more than everybody else does, and that's why you know that's why their their Second Amendment rights Amendment rights can never be infringed upon because they know, you know they know these guns these guns they they save lives. I mean I mean you know every time one of these uh. Horrible tragedies happen. Does any um does any cowboy with a big gray beard pull out a fucking gun and save anybody? It never happens. It never happens. And why is that? Why is it? I don't know. Maybe uh maybe somebody uh I don't know. I don't know too many right wing folks that listen to this. But maybe I can find one or two, and they can you know they can come back with me. They can come back and debate me on that as to why nobody ever has a gun to save anybody's life. And how cops are standing out in the parking lot for an hour, letting eleven-year-olds uh, get slaughtered because they don't want to go in there, because they're waiting, uh, you know, they're waiting for for orders or whatever. I think I think I think that note, that letter, statement, whatever, was total shit. And I think you'll all basically agree with me on that one. But you know, um, the NRA knows best. You know, you know, I mean, um, they got their muskets, they got their uh, AR-15s. So, and, and you, we're not going to take their guns away. They'll never have their guns taken away. So anyway, I did want to, um, before I almost forgot about that whole uh, ridiculous letter, did want to do a quick uh, update on the midterm elections here. Uh, you know, just a quick one. It's, uh, it's from the uh, foreignpolicy.com. The Republicans could win the U.S. midterms. Here's what that means for the world. I don't have much time. Last month's vote in the U.S. Congress to appropriate $40 billion in additional military and budgetary uh, assistance for Ukraine laid bare fissures in the Republican Congressional Caucus. 11 of 50 Senate Republicans voted against the bill, as did 57 of 208 House Republicans. So basically with this article, I mean, I want to get to the douchebag of the month here. We have about eight minutes left. What this article basically is telling us is that, you know, uh, more or less the Democrats will probably get trounced in the midterms, you know, usually... Uh, I mean, I've noticed since following this stuff that, you know, usually when the president is is in his first term, whichever party he's a part of usually gets trounced in the midterms because, you know, people always uh, expect best better from who they voted for. And of course, they always get uh, worse, you know, so it basically goes on. Maybe uh, this will be one of our uh, main topics for next week. But uh, we ran a little long with the NRA thing and the, the Queen's Jubilee. But that's basically what this article is telling us about how uh, foreign policy will change a lot or should change a bit. You know, especially with Taiwan. You know, by uh, Biden talking tough on Taiwan, a little too tough, if you ask me. You know, in dangers of uh, of triggering World War III. So anyway, let's get to the douchebag of the month. All right. Uh, just enough time. Uh, actually, we got a really good turnout, a huge turnout, actually, well over 50 votes, and we did have to close it early. Um, I put it up there a bit late, um, and then, uh, you know, uh, recording the show now, but anyhow, let's get to the tallies. 
Uh, finishing third place was Johnny Depp. Now, I realize Johnny is a beloved actor, a uh, beloved actor, actor, sorry, and really rocked this trial in the court of public opinion. But for all the money spent just to try and repair an image, he certainly deserves this third place finish. For now, Johnny, you're off the hook. Uh, quickly, we actually had uh, several writing votes for Boris Johnson. He actually uh, won this award as Douchebag of the Year. But uh, moving on, uh, we're going to see here finishing in an extremely close second with 36% of the vote was uh, aforementioned Texas Governor Greg Abbott. His lackluster response to the Uvalde school shooting tragedy was typical political bullshit. Shame on you, you swine. I hope you're spending that NRA blood money wisely. I sure hope the, uh, you, he would have won, but... So anyway, the winner is... I'm going to give you a drum roll. The winner of the Douchebag of the Month for May, actress and uh, trial loser, Amber Heard. Yes, the newest Hollywood pariah. Her lies, exaggeration, and attempts to ruin Johnny Depp's life and career certainly didn't go unnoticed. Miss Heard, you are the Douchebag of the Month for May. Well, so that's the show this week. I do hope you enjoyed the content, and I'm glad you tuned in. Um, as for the, um, you know, the, the two topics we covered, uh, you know, the queen thing was just something, you know, it's been in the news, uh, a lot, uh, obviously, and, uh, you know, good for her, you know, you know, amazing that she, she's made it this far. Uh, like I said, you know, they don't have any real power anymore, but they, you know, they still got, they still got a lot of, uh, you know, people still, still listen to what they say and, you know, they're kind of like, like still celebrities we have here in the States, you know, everybody watches everything they do. You know, people try to emulate them, and you know they have a fair amount of uh, of people that you know respect them and, and everything else. And you know, it's just you know it's nostalgia, basically. You know, you go back to the old days, you know, the days of Henry the Eighth and the days of Elizabeth the First and all that. And you know, it's great. Uh, you know, it's it's great like history. Uh, you know, it's great history uh, stuff to think about, stuff to uh, read about uh, historically uh, when the you know the monarchies were. We're, we're, we're ran the world and it, you know um their power really uh they don't have much of it anymore but um you know it's interesting to watch prince charles getting older and older and he's still uh you know next in line you know who knows if he's gonna you know mom might outlive him and then he you know his, his i'm sure his dream of being the king of england uh, will never come to pass and then of course the, the more serious uh the more serious um Subject, the NRA thing, which, uh, you know, I've told the story a few times about, uh, you know, uh, social media, I said something about the NRA, and this was when, uh, you know, Trump's uh, people were still kind of running the show there on Twitter, and, you know, they came at me pretty hard, but, you know, I'm sure this time uh, I, won't, I won't have to deal with that type of stuff, but um, it, was, it was a, you know, after last week, you know, we, we spent the whole show just, you know, breaking down the school shooting, breaking down Buffalo, uh, breaking down how the uh, United States political machine is a total failure when it comes to gun violence. And this week we more or less focused on the NRA, you know, and, and what that comedian did was great, man. And more people need to need to find the uh, the courage to, to do stuff like that because, because um, you know, I said laughter is the best medicine. Humor is, is, is a great way to go about it. And, um, you know, to poke fun at these people, I think it's the right way to go. I know some people might say it's in bad taste, you know, but, you know, he, he's mocking 
you know, he's mocking the evil ones. He's going after the ones that um, basically allow this shit to happen. They encourage it. You know, these people, whether or not they, they realize it, you know, they, they encourage the, 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 these acts, you know? And you know what they love, too, before we go? You know what they love is the ability that every time there's a mass shooting, every time there's a, a spree killer or whatever, you know, gun gun sales go through the roof. Because every uh, scared, you know, honestly, race, every scared uh, rich, say white, rich folk in the suburb, go out and buy, buy guns because they're afraid, you know, uh, they're afraid their house is going to get overrun by uh, gun-wielding lunatics or their kids are going to go to school and get shot and it's a terrible thing. But the, the gun sales go through the roof and they love that, obviously. You know, and it makes it makes the gun, it makes the Second Amendment even more, uh, you know, uh, important for them. And it's a terrible thing. Uh, so anyway, I didn't really, I wasn't able to get to the midterm thing. I really wanted to, but uh, we ran a little late with a few things, uh, obviously with the two uh, topics. And we had to do our uh, special douchebag of the month this month. Amber Heard, you're our winner. Uh, whether or not, you know, you figure Greg Abbott probably deserved it more the voting's still going so you know what if if the uh if the final results change uh from now until uh the final bell final bell on the um on the poll there i will uh let you guys know that uh you know greg abbott caught up because i'm hoping if you guys out there listening to see the poll vote for greg abbott because you know amber heard's a, a screwball but greg abbott is an evil guy he's an evil guy and he has evil intentions and he certainly deserves uh, that award because he's a much bigger douchebag than little old Amber Heard. Anyway, um, so this was episode 49. Thank you for tuning in. I am a gentle rambler and I'm signing off.